Good morning, Hyde Park family. Uh, I'm grateful for the music team. Uh, I know some things got changed around there last minute, uh, but they did an awesome job with just a, a low-key set um, leading us in worship. I really appreciate them. And uh, Pastor Jimbo's out of town this week. Uh, he's out of town with his family for Thanksgiving, so pray for them um, as they'll be traveling back later in the week. Uh, just pray that God keeps them safe and they can have a good time and have some rest um, away, from, away from work and everything and uh, just get to relax some and spend some time with family. I uh, hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. I know Michelle and I did, uh, and Megan. Megan came over, so we had a good Thanksgiving. Um, but, but I hope that you guys did too. Uh, this morning we're going to be talking about, as you can see, glorifying God from 8 to 5, which might seem like a little strange of a title, um, but I feel like it's, it's something practical that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, it's something that Scripture addresses, um, but we'll be jumping around all over the place in Scripture so let's just, uh, let's go ahead and pray, ask God uh, to, to soften us and to break our hearts down and to speak to us about how we can glorify him in this area of our lives. God, thank you for the ability to work, for, for giving us um, even some of those jobs and, and, and giving us really just the, the ability to glorify you in all that we do. Uh, that because of our relationship with you, we can, we can always be glorifying you and, and always be showing others um, just how magnificent you are. God, I pray that as we look at that this morning, as we look at how we can do that in, in work and in school um, throughout the day, that, that you'll open our eyes and, and give us more understanding of what we are to pursue and of how we can glorify you in every area of our lives. Lord, we love you and seek, seek more of you this morning, seek to know you more and to love you more. In Christ's name, amen. All right, uh, the primary purpose, and uh, we're going to work from this premise, the primary purpose of all creation uh, is to glorify God. We, would you guys agree with that? Everyone agree with that? So the primary purpose of all creation is to glorify God. Um, yet we, human beings, are the ones really with the will to not do that. Uh, and you can look at Psalm, Psalm 19, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Uh, Psalm 98 says, Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills, hills sing for joy together. And God even glorifies himself. We see throughout uh, the four accounts of the gospel, Jesus uh, asking the Father to glorify him, Jesus glorifying the Father. Uh, we see that God glorifies himself in the Holy Trinity. Um, and that may seem a little arrogant or, or, or whatever you want to call it at first, um, that he would glorify himself. But the reason he does it is because that's what's right. That is what's fitting for God, is for God to be glorified. So when he does it, he's acting in our best interest to glorify himself. But we... Um, are the ones that, that really tend to stray from that. And in the Old Testament, um, if you go through the Old Testament, you can find that Joshua, Isaiah, David, Jeremiah, uh, many of the psalmists command Israel and, and, and tell uh, the people of God to glorify him. They're, they're constantly after to remind everybody, look, you are to glorify God. That's your purpose. Uh, in the New Testament, they're joined by Jesus himself. They're joined by John, Peter, um, they're joined by Paul in, in telling New Testament believers to glorify God as well. So it's not something that just comes naturally. Uh, it's not something that's just like, yeah, I glorify God in everything I do. Um, but it is the purpose of life. And what we're going to talk about this morning is, is how we do that at work or, or if you're a student at school. Um, so we're created and commanded to glorify God. Uh, but in the face of all the commands and everything that we see in Scripture, um, we still tend, I know I do, I don't know about you. You might be perfect, but, um, but I'm not. And I, I know that I tend to stray from glorifying God in everything that I do. Um, and and it, it's, it's interesting because we think, how do I glorify God? Well, I go to church Sunday morning, and, and I go to Bible study Wednesday night, and, 
And so that's glorifying God. And it's easy to figure out ways to do it when we're, you know, going to church or when we're sitting in the pew or, or when you're leading worship or whatever. Um, or even when you just go to like a Friday night event. Um, I know that we had fish, fellowship in someone's home. We've got youth events and stuff. It's easy to figure out how to glorify God in that because it's a church-sponsored, church-related event. But how do you do it at work? Or how do you do it at school? How, how are we supposed to glorify God uh, from 8 to 5? That's, that's kind of the question that we want to look at. And when I say 8 to 5, um, I want to clarify I'm speaking to all vocations. Because a lot of people uh, forego the concept that people who aren't pastors or missionaries can glorify God through their work. A lot of people think, well, if you glorify God through your work, you've got to be a pastor. You've got to be you know, doing that throughout the week. Or you've got to be a church secretary. Or you've got to be a missionary. Um, but that's... that's clearly uh, not true in scripture. And, and in fact, it would be worse and, and not glorifying to God if someone who's not called to be a pastor was a pastor. Um, so you, you could be a pastor and still not glorify God. Uh, so we're going to talk about how do we do that in our work in every vocation. Um, and we'll look, we'll look first at 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, verse 17 says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. And verse 24 of the same chapter says, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Um, so wherever God has called each one of us, wherever he's called you, wherever he's called me, we're to remain there with God. And, and that's, that's one of the ways that we can glorify him. Um, we can glorify God in our jobs through the fellowship that we experience with him while at work. Uh, why? Well, 1 Corinthians 7.24 again says, um, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Those last two words in that verse are key. You've got to understand it's with God. Uh, so for the believer, it's talking about their a, a personal relationship. You know, for a believer, it's not, oh yeah, I got to get up and go to work to, to put food on the table this morning. It's I can go to work with God. I'm not going alone. I go with God. I go to, to glorify God. Um, he, he, I can experience fellowship with God throughout the day while I'm at work. And through that fellowship, we can glorify him. Um, so the key rests in the last two words of that verse. And, and, and we don't just go to work. We get to go work with God. Um, but another big thing is that the only reason we're able to work is because of his immeasurable grace. It's only by God's grace that we have the ability and the faculties um, with which we can work. He's graciously gifted each one of us, um, each, each believer, each person who's put their faith in Christ, by taking up uh, residence within us. He, he's gifted us and, and given us uh, the gracious gift of the Holy Spirit living within us. I mean, that's that's incredible. Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, you know, it's better if I leave and, and I send the comforter to you. Why? Well, when Jesus was here in human form, he couldn't, he couldn't be everywhere with the disciples all, all at once. Um, but the Holy Spirit who lives within us, he's always with us. He never leaves us. So as we go on to work, we're going with God. It's, it's not, ah, oh, I just have to go to work by myself today. You don't have to feel lonely. God is there with us. And, and we can glorify him through that fellowship. Um, and another thing that can drive us in our fellowship with God would involve our thankfulness to God. You see, he's, he's done so much for us. And uh, we, we can see, again, throughout the scriptures, this. Um, Acts 17 records Paul proclaiming, and uh, he's, he's proclaiming at the Areopagus, that God is the one who provides for mankind. He says, life and breath and everything. God is the one who provides for us life and breath and everything. 
And, and what is there not to be grateful for? What is there not to be thankful for? Uh, throughout the Psalms, we see psalmists giving thanks to God. I've, I've got some noted here. Uh, in Psalm 17, you can see that the psalmist gives thanks to God for his righteousness. Uh, in chapter 30, you can see for his forgiveness. In chapter 44, you can see his salvation. Uh, we can see the psalmist giving thanks publicly and privately. We see them giving thanks through song, through poetry. We see them giving thanks each in their own way for what God has done for them and for various things that he's done. Each person uh, picks, we talked about this some in Sunday school in the, in the student ministry um, this morning. Each person's got something that's kind of their favorite part of salvation. You know what I'm saying? Like, salvation has benefits for every believer, but you've got your favorite part. Um, one, one of the people that spoke up said that their favorite part was just they don't have to worry about the future. Yeah, that's a benefit of salvation. They don't have to worry about where am I going when I die. They don't have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't matter. They don't have to worry about it. So that's a benefit of salvation. We've each got our favorites. We've each got what we love. Um, but part of our continual fellowship with God is that gratefulness for his grace, that thankfulness for the things that he's done for us, uh, his salvation, his mercies, um, which are new every morning. I mean, you can go all throughout the scriptures and see things to be thankful for from God. Um, and while it may seem difficult to be constantly reminded of, of the many reasons we have to be grateful for his grace, another way you can do it, and this, this sounds old school. I mean, this has been hammered in, you know, probably since the Bible was first put together and, and canonized, memorizing scripture. You know, I grew, up, I grew up in church, so I grew up memorizing scripture. I know many of you did too. Um, grew up just memorizing different verses. And, and when I was a kid, I'd memorize them to get the little sticker on my Awana book or, you know, to get the little badge or whatever it was. I mean, that was exciting for me. Um, and I think maybe I remember two of those verses that I memorized when I was a kid. I uh, didn't, really uh, didn't really see the application, but now that I'm studying for this and, and now that you know, I'm going to work every day and, and I'm, you know, I'm in classes every day, I, I know when I memorize scripture, it's, it's a way that God can speak to me throughout the day. It's, it's God's written word. It's the way that he's going to keep telling me, look, I'm even just to know that he's with me, even just to read the name Emmanuel, know that God is with me, to, to read about his promises to his people, to read about his promises in the Old and New Testament, and, and, and to see the examples of how he took care of the Israelites, to know that it's still the same God today who takes care of us believers, uh, to know that and memorize his word and carry it with us, to write down verses on a sticky note, whatever is your style, whatever is your thing that you want to do that with, um, that's a way that God can speak to us while we're at work a way that we can enjoy constant fellowship with him and, and just talking back and forth with him. And that, that glorifies him. That brings him glory. Um, and, and I want to look at Colossians chapter 1. Uh, if we can get that up there, verses 15 to 17. This is talking about, just give you a little bit of a preface here. <clears throat> Paul's writing in the church of Colossae. He's, he's talking in this passage about Jesus specifically. So when you see he, it's talking about Jesus. Um, and it just paints a beautiful picture. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. What we see here is that all things were created through Jesus. All things were created by Jesus. John puts it in John chapter one. He writes that without Jesus was not anything made that was made. So everything you see, everything that's been created has been made through Jesus. It's all been 
because of him. It's all been through him. It's all for him. Um, and Paul continued to write, Jesus before all things. He's, he comes before all things in chronology. He's always existed outside of time. He comes before all things in priority. He is the most important. He comes before all things. And then it says in him, all things hold together. He's the reason we don't go to step outside and gravity falls apart and we float off the earth. He's the one that's holding everything together. Without Jesus, the whole world would fall apart. Paul, Paul writes, in him all things hold together. So, I mean, I can go to work and, and know that I'm not going to float off the face of the earth because Jesus is holding it together. I, I can go to work and know that I'm going to have the ability to drive there uh, because Jesus has given me that ability. I can see. He's given me the faculties to, to perform my job. Um, a lot of my job, personally, is highly technical. It's uh, a lot of it's computer skills and... and, and um, graphic design kind of deal, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and the reason that I'm able to do that is because God's given me a brain that can understand how to work it, can understand how, to, how it works and how to put it together. And, and whatever your job is, you wouldn't be able to do it without him. In Jesus, all things hold together. And without him, it would all fall apart. That's something to be thankful for. And that's, that's a beautiful picture of our Jesus. Is the picture that Paul paints um, in, in Colossians 1. But as we go around, we, we just can't forget uh, what he's done for us. Can't forget what God's provided for us and, and how he loves us. And as we remind ourselves of that, again, memorize scripture, writing it down, whatever it may be. Um, as you go through your day and, and you remind yourself of those things, you can enjoy constant fellowship with him. We, we only have it because of his grace. Because of his grace, he's held the whole world together, the whole universe together. And because of his grace, we're saved. Because of his grace, we don't have to worry about the future, as, as one student said in Sunday school this morning. Because of, because of his grace, I don't have to worry about, you know, what, what's going what's gonna to happen when I wake up. I, I can assume that certain things will happen um, Though, though I don't know for sure, I, I know God's going to take care of me. Whether I wake up or not tomorrow, God's taking care of me. I don't have to worry about it because of his grace. And it all points back to Jesus. The way that we glorify God and enjoy fellowship with him while at work, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of, of what he's done for us. Um, so, so we have much to be thankful for uh, in the grace and the sovereignty of God as we go to work. Um, just knowing that he's going to take care of us. And, and because of that, we can enjoy continuous fellowship with them throughout the day in our jobs. Um, but, but we're, I mean, we'll keep going. There are a lot of different ways that Scripture points to for us to glorify God, and fellowship's not the only one. Um, this is another one that I like a lot um, because, like I said, a lot of my job is graphic design-based, so I like to be creative. I like to think of new things, but this is, this is one that Scripture points to. Uh, we can glorify God in our jobs through our creativity and through our hard work. Those are two ways that we can glorify God and, and work. And, and here's the thing, that God, God is a God of order and design, and we were created in his image. Um, Genesis tells us that we're created in the image of God. And so we're created in the image of a creator who likes order and design, who has a mind to, to order things to work well, who has a mind to design things so that they work well, um, and, and so intricately if you, if you look at creation. Uh, so basically what this means, we're created with the ability to think logically, um, the ability to bring order to creation and to exercise creativity and, and a hard work ethic in our work. Um, Genesis 1 records this command from God. When he, first, when he first creates man, he commands 
mankind to subdue the earth and to have dominion over the creatures of the earth. So essentially we've been entrusted with the responsibility of directing God's creation in such a way that it points back glory to God. We've been entrusted with that. That's, I mean, that's part of your job is whatever you're doing, whether it's technical or, or manual labor or whatever it is, whether it's just, you know, you're, you're a caller for AT&T and people call and you help them troubleshoot their problems on the phone. Whatever you do in your job, you can do it creatively and you can do it with such a, a strong work ethic that reflects well on our God um, that it, it begins to bring order to creation and, and cause creation to glorify him, cause creation to glorify the creator. Um, uh, so Genesis 1 gives us that. John Piper says this. I, l- I love this quote. We should be busy understanding and shaping and designing and using God's creation in a way that calls attention to his worth and wakens worship. That's some strong alliteration there. Wakens worship. We should be so busy um, focusing in our jobs or, or when you go to school and, and you're trying to do classwork, which... I'm in college right now. It's not fun. So for you guys who are in school, I know what you're going through. Trust me. I know plenty of papers and stuff. It's not fun at all. And you sit there and you wonder, man, how does this paper glorify God? How in the world? Because I think it's just torture to a believer. I think it's just somebody trying to punish someone. No, um, but the way that we can do this in school and in work uh, is, is through our creativity, through our hard work. And, and I love, again, what John Piper says, that we're to do all of these things in a way that wakens worship. Do all these things in a way that leads other people to worship our creator. And, and that's what we've been entrusted with is that responsibility. And we've been commissioned by God to enlist the faculties that he's given us uh, in the likeness of his image to lead all creation to the glorification of him. In our jobs, this is played out in how we use our time and how we use our abilities to do our work. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll just look at creativity Creativity and work brings glory to God. Just the fact that we are creative alone um, brings glory to him because that's part of our being created in his image. Uh, that's part of what, what he's given us as a gift is creativity. And so anything that we can be creative with, it shows that he can be that much more creative. Uh, I once spoke with somebody who was telling me, who, who we were talking about this concept some, and he said that uh, he went to see The Dark Knight. Everybody know that movie? Has anyone seen that movie? The Dark Knight and the latest Batman trilogy. He went to see it in theaters by himself. And, and he said that as he was leaving, he was just worshiping God. And I thought, at first I thought that was a little strange. It's like, you just saw the Dark Knight. How does that point you to worship God? But his response was this. He said, basically, that if unbelievers could be that creative in producing a film and, and directing a film, how much more creative is our God? If an unbeliever can show that much creativity in their work, how much more creative is, is the creator that made them? And you can see it in creation. Um, <clears throat> if we were to look back at the Psalms, again, you see that, that all of creation glorifies God. Um, but if you look at it and, and you look at the structure and the intricate design of creation, you can see his creative work. And so when we're creative, it reflects well upon him. It shows people we're creative because we have a creative creator. That's a lot of create, I know. Um, but, but that's what it is, and that's, that was his take on, on the magnificent creativity of God. Uh, but another thing, because I didn't just say creativity, we looked at hard work as well. Uh, we'll look at Colossians 3.23 for this one. Whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord and not for men. So basically, we're to have a good work ethic. Why? Well, 
what does it reflect upon our God when somebody who goes to work and claims to be a believer in front of an unbeliever is lazy or is dishonest in their work? How does that reflect upon God? What do they start to think of, of their God? You know, so, I mean, if I go to work and I just sit around doing nothing all day or, or you know, I cheat my way through my job, it, it doesn't reflect well at all upon our God. It actually uh, can be a stumbling block to those who don't believe. Um, so, so, again, in, in our work ethic, in our hard work, we, we can glorify God uh, because he's given us the ability to have that. He's given us the mind to be able to work hard. Um, and just as our work ethic and creativity reflect upon God, uh, we can also glorify God when our work supports and furthers the glory of God heard in the spoken gospel. Um, now, what I mean by this is this. What, when you first ask somebody, how, do, how would you glorify God at work? Or when I would first be asked that question, I would think, well, if I work with unbelievers, I tell them about Jesus. I just share the gospel. Or you know, I work with them, I tell them about Jesus. Or, or I, I have a cross on my desk or, or whatever. I've got you know, the, the Jesus bumper sticker that shows people um, that shows people God. That's how I glorify God at work. But most we don't focus on their actual work. Uh, and, and while all those things are good, there's a way that we can glorify God outside of speaking the gospel. Um, though it's still necessary to speak the gospel, when our work reflects the spoken gospel, when our, when our work points people toward that and supports it and backs it up and strengthens um, um, their foundation for being receptive to hearing it, then we're glorifying God. So again, I mean, if, if we go to work and, and, and we are dishonest or we cheat through our work, it doesn't reflect well. People, people are not going to be as receptive to hearing the gospel when we want to share it with them because they just saw us, you know, cheat. They just saw us, uh, um, you know, cheat in our work. And then we go, oh yeah, by the way, Jesus loves you. And they're like, well, uh, if he loves you so much, then why are you cheating? If he loves you so much, why are you dishonest? Uh, so whenever our work reflects and, and supports and furthers the glory of God that people hear in the spoken gospel, um, it glorifies him. And, and again, you can do it by inviting people to church or, or, or actually telling them about the gospel, and those things are necessary, but it's got to be confusing to an unbeliever when someone who professes to know Christ um, acts dishonestly or, or when their work shows, shows a lack of effort or, or shows um, you know, just that they didn't really care enough to put time into it. It's like, what are you doing with your time? You're here to work. So glorify God in it uh, and support the spoken gospel in it. Um, John Piper, again, and he's spoken a lot to this topic. He gives this example. So you think of a, a Christian stockbroker. So you got a stockbroker. He's got a bunch of clients. They're investing through him in the stock market. He makes commission off what they invest, and the stock market crashes. Well, a Christian stockbroker who's aiming to glorify God in his work would be able to just tell his clients, you need to pull out of the market. Even though he's going to lose all that commission, even though he's going to lose his clients, he's able to tell them you need to pull out of the market. Why? His goal is not to make money, even though it's necessary to make money, provide for your family. His goal is not just to make the money. His goal is to glorify God in every aspect of his job. So he can tell his clients, uh, you need to back out of the market. You need to get out now. And he doesn't have to worry about, well, where's my food going to come from? Because he's glorified God and God's going to take care of him. Um, so that, that's one of the examples that Piper gives, and, and it's a great example. He could, he'd essentially lose every client and, and still uh, find joy in his work because he's glorified God in it. And one of the biggest things with this is, you know, while it's part of God's design in this age for us to go to work, um, earn, you know, a salary or hourly pay, earn, earn money, 
provide for our families, provide for ourselves, and, and be able to buy food and, and have a place to live. While, that, while that's part of God's design, that shouldn't be our ultimate goal when we're working. Our ultimate goal when we're working should be to glorify God and let him take care of the rest. Even if you're a stockbroker and you have to tell your clients to back out because the market crashed, you can trust God. Why? He takes care of the birds of the air. He gives them a place to live. He gives them food to eat. He, he clothes the grass of the field. And, and, and they don't do any, the grass doesn't do anything. Grass just sits there. Um, and yet he makes it beautiful and he adorns it. How much more is he going to take care of us who love him? How much more is he going to take care uh, of us uh, who he created in his image and, and gave dominion over the earth, gave the responsibility of, of ordering creation to glorify him? Um, so we can glorify God uh, in all that we do, um, essentially from 8 to 5. When I say that again, I'm talking about school. I'm talking about any vocation through, through just the way that we do our work. Not, not just by, I shared Christ with a coworker this week, or you know, I invited someone to church this week, but in the way that we work, our, our jobs themselves, our, our creativity, our hard work, uh, our fellowship that we can enjoy with him throughout the day, I'm not saying that you sit at your desk or your cubicle all day and you bow your head and, and you sit here with your hands clasped and you just just talk to God and ignore everybody because that's kind of creepy. That's kind of weird. That's probably going to freak someone out. It'd freak me out, to be honest. I'm a Christian, and if I walked by somebody doing that, I'd be like, what are they doing right now? I think they're having a breakdown. Um, that's not what I'm saying when I, when I say fellowship. I'm, I'm saying just constantly knowing that he's with you. And, and, and giving him praise for who he is, what he's done, um, for, for just, just who God is, and being able to praise and, and glorify him for that uh, in our work, creativity, our hard work ethic, um, and, and in the way that we work, and, and how our work supports the gospel. Uh, and then I want to address a little bit the need, because um, there's also this topic that a lot of people think that there's not really a need for secular work, um, or that people would think, oh yeah, the, the high calling or the, or the best job you could possibly have is to be a pastor or a missionary. Well, that, that's not true either. Um, um, scriptures and, and, and Titus point toward people have to work because the pastor has to be able to provide for his family somehow. Um, and and there, it, Scripture makes a clear distinction between goers and senders, uh, between uh, pastors and missionaries and people in what we'd call a secular job. Um, by secular, I'd you know, a lot of people would think, oh, that means they're not in full-time ministry. Look, your ministry is to glorify God in your job. You're in full-time ministry. That's what you're doing. Um, by secular work, we just mean a job that's not directly related to institutionalized church or missions. Uh, so, so there's a distinction for that. There's a need for it. Um, you know, how, how does a missionary just uh, pick up all their stuff and go to the mission field without a job and spend all their time ministering to people? if they don't have someone here to support them, if they don't have someone here or there to send them, to be able to say, you know what, here's, here's some funding for your work. Here's funding so you and your family don't starve in the middle of sharing the gospel. Um, that'd be unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> but but there, there've got to be people who go to work uh, and, and who, who spend time in what we'd call secular jobs because they've got to be able to, to support um, pastors, to support missionaries, to support uh, uh, leaders in the church. Um, so that they can support their family. That's, that's another way that God's designed it. Again, everything that we can see is, is God's intelligent and sovereign design, the way he's worked things together so that they actually work and don't fall apart, so that pastors are taken care of, so that 
Um, you know, Pastor Jimbo's not starving his kids. <laughs> that's, that's kind of important. Uh, so that's, that's the importance of secular work. A lot of people would say it's just for that. Um, that's a major part of it, but really the biggest part is that that's a mission field. Your job is a place to, to show people the glory of God. Um, a lot of people think, think spiritually only when they go to church. And, and I'm guilty of this, man. I, I can be guilty of coming to church and thinking, man, there's a spiritual battle going on and stepping out and forgetting the spiritual battle. Well, uh, the battle is not geographical. It's not only contained in churches or, or in, in areas where pastors work or whatever. It, it's not. Uh, the battle's all over the place. And, and when you're going to work, man, you're facing it. There, there are forces more powerful than us, forces that have more knowledge and more understanding and, and more ability than us to influence people away from God. So when we go to work, we can't just go and forget about where our power comes from. When you're going to work, like I said, it's a mission field, and you've got to have the power of Christ. It's, it's only in Christ and through Christ that we're going to be able to influence anybody for the gospel, that we're going to be able to influence anyone for the kingdom, that we're going to be able to, to work in a way that glorifies God. It's only through Christ. It's only by Him. And so we can enjoy His grace while at the same time knowing that there's a responsibility to glorify the Father. And at the same time, there's a responsibility to glorify God. Um, and we can enjoy the grace of Christ and the freedom we have in him, knowing that we may be the only people uh, that someone at work is seeing. You know, it, may, it may not even be our bumper sticker that says, we love Jesus. The only thing they may ever see in their lives that points to Christ is how hard, how much of an effort you put in at work. And then they think, wow, that person's really dedicated. That person's really committed. Why is everybody else so lazy? ask you about it. So, well, I, I don't do it, as Colossians 3.23 says, I don't, I don't do it for the prophet, or I don't do it for myself, I do it as unto the Lord. I'm working heartily as, as for Jesus and not for men. Um, so, so in all these things, you know, there's a need to share the spoken gospel. There's also a need to glorify God in, in the actual physical work that we're doing and, and the process of working. Um, we, you know, we're, we're called and, and the purpose of life uh, the purpose of our lives is to glorify God, and we must do that. We must get that and understand that. Um, and, and we've got to we've we've got to accept the fact that the only way that we're going to fulfill our purpose in life, the only way that we're going to be completed, is as we work through the power of Christ, as we work in Christ to glorify God, uh, to lead other people to Him through the way that we work and through what we say and and how we act. Um, so so that's that's our goal at work. That's the way that we can share the gospel. And, and look, if you're here this morning, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you're just like, why do I want to glorify God? Or, or who's Jesus? Or you've heard about Jesus. Jesus is more than just a good teacher. He's more than just an example to follow. Um, for the believer, he's, he's their power and their freedom. And, and, and he has done everything um, for us. He's taken this, the, the punishment and everything for us so, so that we can go to work freely, so that, so that we can not have to worry about the future. He's more than just a good teacher. It's by him that all things are created. Nothing was created without him. He's preeminent. He's existed before the world. And so if you're sitting here this morning, and either you're like, man, who's Jesus? I don't get the big deal. 
or, or you're sitting there and you're like, man, I've heard too much about Jesus. I'm tired of it. Um, or, or you're just interested in it and you want to learn more about it. Um, we've got, you know, Pastor Brian on here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, we've got other, other people in the church that would love to talk to you about him because there's nothing like having a relationship with him. I mean, there's, there's nothing like it. A- absolutely um, nothing compares in this earth to having a relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing his freedom and knowing his power uh, to do our work in a way that glorifies God.